Welcome to God's Not Done With You podcast. In this season of interviews, Pastor John Metter talks with everyday people whose lives parallel some of the amazing comeback stories in the Bible. Pastor John and his guests will show us how God can take any situation in life and bring hope and victory out of hardship. This is John Metter. We welcome you to the God's Not Done With You podcast. And uh, in this week, our podcast focus is the life of David. And the topic of the subject uh, of the chapter is after you've blown it. Now you hear that title and you know immediately when you hear the name of David and the title, you realize we're talking about David's sin. David sinned by remaining behind when his army was in battle and saw Bathsheba bathing on the roof nearby, uh, invited her to the palace and uh, immorality took place at David's initiative. So David who was a man after God's own heart, found himself far from God and certainly far from obedience. And instead of repenting immediately, he sends uh, for her husband on the front line and hopes that he can cover sin. Later on realizes that this man, Uriah the Hittite, is too noble to let that happen. Sends him back to the front lines where he's killed and then David believes that he's covered his sin. But God exposes that sin through the prophet and, uh, and as he's exposed, he has to repent. So Psalm 51 is an amazing psalm about David and his life. You may remember as you read that chapter, uh, a woman I referenced by the name of Amber. And uh, Amber is not her real name, but Amber is here in the studio today. And, and we're going to be talking about some parallels in her life and the life of David. So Amber's story is quite powerful. Uh, she's been uh, in our church for years. Uh, I've gotten to know her and her story. And really something about her story one day came up in conversation, and that's why uh, I wanted her story to be part of the book, God's Not Done With You. Uh, if you were to know her, you would never suspect that she walked through that kind of dark time in her life. Uh, but she's very free and open in sharing that. And Amber, I want to welcome you to the studio today. Thank you for being with us. I'm glad to be here, John. Thank you. So as we talk about David, uh, who faced sexual temptation and learned to return to God, um, I want you to talk a little bit about your own story. What can you tell us about your background and talk about how far you wandered from God? So, um, yeah, I grew up, um, let me see, my parents got married when they were really young. Uh, My father was in the Navy. My mother was a stay-at-home mom. Um, my father traveled quite a bit in the Navy, so he wasn't home with us all the time. But through the years, you know, he tried to make it home once or twice during the year to visit with us. And in that time, he would take us to church and he would share the gospel with us. Um, eventually, he did get to come home. When I was about four or five, he left the Navy and I got to spend more time with him. And at that point, that's when he really started taking us to church every week. Um, I was involved in Awanas and church camps and And so I grew up knowing what the gospel was and knowing who Jesus was and what God had done for us. Um, When I was about 15 years old, I I lost two very big relationships in my life. My grandfather, after 42 years of marriage, left my grandmother. Uh, And then thereafter, my mother left my father and left me and my sister. Um, And the losses of those relationships really impacted me when I was young. So for some reason, you lost those really tight relationships. Yes, I did. And at that point, um, things really changed in my life. Uh, My father remarried very quickly. 
Uh, and when he remarried, uh, I inherited four stepbrothers and sisters. So there were six of us kids uh, in a very small house. <laughs> um, at that point, I really started to rebel. Um, that was the age that I started um, kind of going out with my friends and drinking, ignoring my father's counsel. And just really, my life took a tailspin for the worst at that point. So you're like a teenager at this time, 12, 15? Uh, I'm about 15, 16 at 15, that time. 15, 16, okay. Yeah. And I also at that time had delivered my first baby. I'd gotten very uh, pregnant when I was very young. Wow. And um, we had decided that adoption was the best route at that time, and it's been a great decision in my life, and I do know him. Wow. Um, but yes, when I was very young, I did unfortunately go through that. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you chose life, and uh, I know so many that might be listening to this, uh, maybe in similar situations, and it's always encouraging for them to hear, okay, somebody chose life, and they're glad they chose life, so I'm certainly glad you did. So at this point, you're, you're far from God, and you're far from your father's counsel, your, your, your family, is that right? Yeah, at that point, I mean, I really didn't have a solid ground to sit on. Um, you know, my mother had left, my father had remarried, I was kind of in this whole world I didn't know, so at 16, I left home. Um, I got married very quickly, and then thereafter joined the Army. Um, I spent a couple years in the Army. Uh, didn't work out the way I wanted it to, so only two years. Uh, and after that, I spent probably 15 years of my life just going from job to job and guy to guy, house to house. Um, just really no stability in my life whatsoever. Wow. Wow. Okay. So during those years... Um, did you ever sense that God was reaching out to you? Did you ever remember <laughs> your earlier um, faith? Maybe it was a young faith. Maybe it wasn't a solid faith. But did you ever think back to those times? I call it a whisper. There was always a, a whisper in the back of my mind and in the back of my heart. Um, and I was quite a rebel. Um, so I I spent quite a time looking at different religions, different spiritual beliefs, um, you know, because I did want something to believe in. Deep down inside, I knew there was something. I, I just didn't know what it was. And at that point, I think I had refused the gospel because of what I'd gone through mm -hmm. at such a young age. I, I didn't fully understand that God loved me because when I started making all those mistakes in my life, I felt like I was very far from God. So I, I looked to other things um, instead of God. Mm. I think that's common when people... Um stray morally they wonder what's god going to do with me is god done with me is is god going to cut me off um i mean that's a natural question i think all of us no matter what level of sin we're in it's a natural consequence of sin there's no doubt about it but she remembered some of this you remember some of uh, mm -hmm. what you had learned as a, as, a, as a young girl yeah there there were those whispers in the background yes um and a lot of that was my grandmother who used to always tell me that no matter what I ever did, God would always love me. Wow. And she ingrained that in me. And so I, I heard that voice inside of me. And then wow. I heard, you know, my father, who was a little bit more stern than my grandmother, but my father would say, you know, just turn to God and do what he says and your life will be great. And that always seemed very black and white to right, me and silly right. to me until I became a believer and realized mm -hmm. the power of, of walking in God's way. Right. So if you're listening and you're a grandmother or a father, or a mother, or a parent of any kind. Um, it's really amazing how the, the voice that you give of faith and uh, encouragement to your child, your grandchild, 
to turn back to the Lord. It's amazing how it echoes around in their mind because they hear lots of voices and they hear lots of different people alluring them towards sin, certainly the voice of the enemy. But your voice lingers there, and I want to encourage you not to stop telling them about the goodness of God and the love of God because that's such an important thing. So at what point were you called back? At what point did you... Uh, realize, okay, I've got to come to Christ. I mean, there's a story behind that, isn't there? Yeah, there really is. Um, so I, uh, 10 years ago, um, I, I was working a really great job. At that point, I'd had a son and a daughter. Um, but unfortunately, the choices that I was making uh, led CPS into my life, and they ended up taking my children. And so 10 years ago, I entered a rehabilitation center called Nexus, and that's in Dallas. It's a wonderful ministry. It's for women who have been involved in the CPS system, but they don't want their children to go to foster care. So this facility is set up so the moms can come with the children. Okay. And they can go through that recovery and that building process with the children. And so I chose that program. Um but while I was there, every Wednesday night, they would take the girls to a local church for something called Celebrate Recovery. And, um, you know, it was either stay at the rehabilitation center or go to the church. And so I was like, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to the church. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one night we were there and a young woman got on stage and it was testimony night. She got on stage and she started telling her story started talking about where she came from, the things that had happened to her as a young woman, um, and then eventually what brought her back to the love of God. And I remember sitting in that room with all of these people thinking, she is talking to just me. It just something about the words, like it was almost like she was looking right into me. And uh, I do believe it was that night. It could have been the night after. But I remember being on the floor that, rehabilitation center just absolutely in tears snot hitting the ground <laughs> barely able to breathe I mean I had lost my my father I'd lost my car I'd lost my job I'd lost my family I'd lost everything a person could ever have but in that moment I thought about what she said on the stage and she said just cry out to Jesus and so I remembered the gospel that my father taught me and that my grandmother taught me, and I remember that my grandmother told me that there was nothing I could ever do. Because at that point, there was so much guilt and so much shame. I mean, in 10 years of living a pretty wild life, there's a lot there. You know, long story short, I ended up having three abortions through that year. Oh, wow. Two marriages that failed because of adultery on my part. Um, and ultimately, even today, my 16-year-old daughter whom I do have a good relationship with, there's still some things there that we're working through. But I do remember looking down and crying and saying, okay, I give it to you. You know, I, I, I've obviously not done a good job with my life, Lord, so if you'll change me, if you'll change me, I'll give you everything. And the next day I woke up and I just knew I was his. Wow, wow. So there's, a, there's so much in what you've just said, you know. Things like you can choose your sin, you can't choose your consequences. You've talked about some of those painful, painful consequences. Things like you could never be so far away from God that God doesn't still love you, that God can't reach you. And things as simple as 
just crying out to Jesus. I mean, this is not complicated, <laughs> but it is personal. It is something that every person has to arrive at that place of humility and that place of, of uh, hit the, hitting the bottom. You know, and and, uh, and, this, and Luke 15, the prodigal son came to himself. And when he came to himself, I said, I know what I'll do. He said, I'll go back to my father and I'll tell him I'm just going to be a servant of yours. But the father is waiting for him. And that's what you're telling us. The, the heavenly father was waiting for you when you came back, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, those that are not in the studio can't see her smile right now. But uh, Amber's giving me this big smile that says, yeah, that's for real. It's really for real. And, of course, knowing her life today means that uh, I know her devotion to Christ and I know her love for her family and for the Lord and the church. And, and so this is, this is just really an incredible story. Amber, on the other side of that, the simple cry out to him and next day you woke up and you knew you were different. You knew you were clean. You knew that he had accepted you and loved you. And, uh, so, but you had to rebuild your life from that point on. So talk a little bit about that that process how did you rebuild yeah I mean immediately um, I got plugged in with church and I got in with a group of people that um, celebrate recovery is just an amazing ministry so it's a ministry that works through addictions um, hurts habits codependencies all the things that really are at the heart of why we do some of the things that we do mm -hmm. and so I got very plugged into that ministry and started working in that ministry almost immediately um, my, I met my husband uh, a couple months into that ministry. We're about to celebrate 10 years married this September. Um, and we got married very quickly. Um, but unfortunately, we had to leave. We were At the time, we were living in Dallas. And we had to leave because we were both coming from addictions. Um, and there were people around us that knew us that were unhealthy. And so my husband and I decided to hightail it out of there. And we went to Grapevine which is where we uh, started attending Cross City here. Okay. This is kind of where we stayed plugged in for several years. Right. Um, so I just, I think for me, my walk with Christ the last 10 years has been kind of bumpy, but it gets better each day, you know, because there was so much inside of me that Jesus needed to come in and work on right. and clean out. Right. And so while I've had an amazing walk, I've made mistakes. And that's one of the things, as a believer, I really want to say is you are still going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You just can't let those mistakes drive you to the belief that you're not good enough right. at all because God's okay with the mistakes. Right. As long as right. you're turning to Him and letting Him shape your, your thinking, right. He's going to get you through those. And the amazing thing is if you make mistakes and God teaches you something, you can then go to somebody else who's right. walking through the same trial and say, I've walked through this. That's right. Let me show you what God did for me That's in right. it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians 1. The mm -hmm. comfort that God gives us in our afflictions or our hardships, we turn and give to other people. Yeah, and, and I absolutely love that chapter because <laughs> Paul mentions the word comfort 10 times in seven verses. Oh, yes, I know. Absolutely <laughs> I love it. beautiful. <laughs> and like so many of these uh, interviews that I have, people just start preaching right in the middle of them. And that's what I love because <laughs> it is really uh, something that you can preach because you've experienced what you have. So um, how has returning to him <clears throat> increased your love and devotion for him? You've returned to him. You talked a little bit about the process. I mean, what does that say to people 
when God does forgive, when God does restore, when God does let you rebuild, what does it say about who he is? I think it says that he's a promise keeper. Mm. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the reasons I turned my life to Christ that night in the rehab center is because I was promised that if I did, he would change me. Wow. And sure enough, he did. Absolutely. He's That's a promise right. keeper. Excellent. He's a promise keeper. And he gives so many promises. Someone said there are more than 365 promises in the Bible to believers. Wow. And, um, <laughs> and that same person says, so how many of them are you believing him for today? And I thought, well, that's a great, a great way to approach it. But he does promise us <clears throat> so, so much. And, uh, and sometimes we don't remember that, but we can trust him uh, with that. So let's just, uh, let's just say somebody is listening to this podcast today, and maybe they identify with what David did. Uh, they hear your story, and uh, different parts of your story are connecting with them as well. So what advice would you give to those who are in that situation or who are in moral compromise or who may be still far from God? What would you say to them uh, if you could give them advice right now? You know, I would say whether you're a follower of Jesus or whether you're just somebody who is, is interested in, in who he is, um, I would say that we are all going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's part of this fallen world. Um, you know, a lot of the mistakes that we can make can lead us to shame and guilt, feelings of ugliness, unworthiness. But God promises mm-hmm. that that's not who he is. He's unconditional love. Mm-hmm. He's unconditional forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we're when we're wrapped up in sin and we've allowed this into our lives, there is always a way out. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, and that is the unconditional forgiveness and love of God. Right. That's the promise of Scripture. Yes. With the temptation, God will provide a way of escape. There's always a way out. That's awesome. So you talked about your relationship with your grandmother, and then you also talked about your relationship with your dad. And I know from a previous conversation that your dad at one point, while you were far from God, said, I can't enable you. I can't support you during this time. Um, and you talked about how hard that was, but how important that was. Yeah. Uh, can, you, can you elaborate a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously my dad watched me create a lot of chaos in my life, and um, I broke his heart quite a bit. Uh, but 10 years ago when CPS had stepped in, and they had taken the children. Uh, my father was the one to take uh, Roman for a while. And at that point, I think that was just the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And he came to me and he said, I love you. I'll always love you. He said, but I cannot have you in my life right now. You're destroying your life. You're destroying your children's life. He said, I can't watch this. And so my father cut off contact with me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, my father was the only real relationship, and my grandmother as well, but he really was that family that I had. And so wow. when he cut it out, I, I felt very orphaned, <laughs> so to speak. And very alone. Very alone. Very, very alone, yes. Mm. And ultimately, I think that's why I'm so thankful for what he did. Because when, when he separated himself from, from me, it really drove me to the to the arms of Christ. Hmm. You know, that loneliness and that needing my father, I think God used that to bring me back to him. And so I'm thankful to this day for my father doing what he did. And, you know, as a parent now, you know, I have three children. I have a 16-year-old teenager. 
Um, <laughs> so as a parent, now I look down and I can see how they can hurt us. But I also know that as a parent, you have that unconditional love for your children. And even if sometimes we have to separate ourselves from our children to give some space there for the Holy Spirit to do his work, it doesn't mean we don't love. It doesn't mean my father didn't love me. My father loved me desperately when he walked away from me. And I think it's because of his love. He knew I needed that. I think it's interesting that you've got a grandparent that kept saying to you, God loves you. There's nothing you can do to keep God from loving you. Just don't forget that God loves you. And then you had a dad that basically the same message, except he personally said, I can't enable you. I can't support you in this. And so you felt the, you felt both of their influences. And um, I, I think parents and grandparents today, they struggle to know what to do. And they have to see where their kids are and, and what their kids best need in the eyes of a, of a God who intends to redeem them if they turn to him. Um, so it's a tough decision for parents and grandparents to make. And you kind of had a grandparent that was on one side of the picture and a dad that was on the different side of the picture. And God used all that in your life. And, mm-hmm. and of course, as you say today, you're a parent. And so you know what kids go through. And, and uh, you know, I know that um, when my kids, uh, they're all adults now, but as they were growing up, I used to think, oh, man, what I must have put my parents through. And, um, and, and now I'm experiencing that from a different mm-hmm. end. <laughs> so yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of the way that works sometimes. <laughs> but uh, Amber, I'm so glad that you are walking with the Lord. I'm so glad that you have a testimony of what God has done in your life. Uh, and I'm so glad you're, you're really in ministry. You're encouraging people in so many different ways. And, uh, and I know you'll encourage people through this podcast as well. Any other words that you might have before we, uh, before we end our podcast time? Just somebody's out there listening uh, they may be in a similar situation, or they may be parents to someone that's going through something. Uh, any encouragement, any other words that you might uh, share with them right now? If I were to say one thing um, that I think would be the most important thing, it, it really does come back to the unconditional love of God. Um, if you don't know that you're loved, you're going to turn to other things in this world. If you aren't secure in your relationship, if you aren't walking hand in hand with the Lord, that gives sin an opportunity to knock at the door. And so my advice is to walk with the Lord daily, turn to the Lord daily. And if and when you do fail, ask for his forgiveness Mm -hmm. and know that it's there. Know that the unconditional love of God is there Mm -hmm. and keep walking. Amber speaking the truth today to all of you listening on this podcast, that is absolutely true. And I know that in this world today, if we don't feel that God loves us, we look for love in other places. And there will be people that show us that love temporarily. It's just not real, and it's just not unconditional, and it's just not forever. But God's love is real. It's uh, unconditional. It's forever. It's demonstrated through Jesus dying on the cross for us. I I mean, where else will you find a God who will suffer for you so that you can know him? Uh, That's exactly what Jesus Christ did. So my encouragement to you is what Amber said. If you're in that situation, turn to Christ. Throw yourself at his feet. Ask for his mercy, and he absolutely gives it. I want to thank you for joining us on our God's Not Done With You podcast. If you're listening to this, if if you're alive, if you're breathing, if you're taking up space, God's not done with you. He's got plans for your life that you may not know yet. But uh, pursue him, and he will reveal those plans. 
Uh, and Amber's testimony shows that he can do that very, very well. But thanks for joining us. I hope you catch all the God's Not Done With You podcast and the other podcasts that we have on johnmatter.com. Thanks for joining us.